and welcome to the sixth episode of the Esteem Podcast, the podcast made by esteemers to discuss all topics related to esteem. Uh, we have talked about events in uh, esteem, we have talked about international nights, about the opportunities that esteem provides us in working in an international environment. We have talked about the great council meeting. But today, we are going to take you to where it all began. <laughs> so we will be talking and covering the foundation of our organization. And uh, to help with that, I will have two dear guests, uh, two of the actual founders of Esteem. So uh, without any further ado, uh, my name is Eric Viktor Pime Yashinsky. I will be your host for today. And with us, we have our dear guests, so perhaps they will introduce themselves. Marlish, would you like to start? My name is Marlish Valarov, and I used to be in the local group Eindhoven. I graduated in 1993 and since worked at Procter & Gamble, at Strategy Consulting, and I've been an entrepreneur since 2008 or so. Uh, building uh, new initiatives, trying to uh, change the world a little bit for the better. That sounds uh, really cool. Like uh, I can imagine myself some, uh, sometime in the future, in many, many years time saying, saying the same story. That would be really, that would be a really uh, dream come true. Uh, but Christoph, how about you? Yeah, my name is Christoph Hagedorn and uh, I graduated in Darmstadt. So I come from the local group of Darmstadt. And after my graduation in 1994, I entered the automotive industry and have been working in more or less one company ever since, 28 years by now. And when I look to your questions and asked, and you ask, how long have you been active in a team? And I would say, actually, since 1990, yeah. in a team, in ST alumni, and in the I Am Caring Foundation. Once a steamer, always a steamer. Would you agree with that? A steamer for life. <laughs> but also loyal to one company. That is uh, that is cool. Really sticking, sticking. I don't know it. if that is cool, but it's interesting. <laughs> it is, oh yes, like I, I see just my own growth, or like the typical growth through a steam. You start in a local board, and then you know you get a central uh, position. You go into a leadership position. I guess that that's quite similar for uh, for the professional life as well, right? Yeah, that it's it's the same thing. It depends what you want from from your professional life. Some people look for depths and uh, for for uh, accumulating of a specific knowledge. Other people look for power and uh, their, their personal uh, you know successes, so to speak, and you know getting uh, getting to what they call a great career and. I think for me, it has been a bit of both. Um, and um, I have uh, been fortunate entering a company that had made a tremendous journey as a company as well through a lot of acquisitions and changing of business models, which gave me over 28 years of very big differences of jobs and responsibilities. And so the key point for me has been, it has been a learning experience nearly every single year. Not always, but most of the times and still is. And I think that's what it is all about. 
I, I wish we could talk about this more because you guys really have made the journey through your lives in your, I think that many people would be interested just hearing your professional journeys, right? But we are not here today to discuss that. Today, we are going to talk about our organization, Esteem, and how it all started. You guys, you were there uh, where it's, when it started. You were the ones that started it. Um, I was thinking that we can start the story by you guys explaining to us, the listeners, how the world looked like back then. Because, you know, uh, well, we all know that phones were not really, <laughs> smartphones were not really a thing. Uh, you could not just send an uh, email or a WhatsApp message to your friends saying, hey guys, we want to make an event. Um, but the world was also different in the sense that it was quite divided, right? Uh, there was the West block, there was the East block, uh, there was the Berlin Wall. So please, guys, tell us how your how how life looked like when you when you were students in your first years. I thought when I was listening to you, just to share a story of um, the first time I went on the internet to what we now call Google. And uh, uh, a colleague of mine, she showed me that you could just actually type something and then push enter and it would give you some information back. And this was in 1996, I think. So this was, this was not even there. So we go even before that. So we didn't have internet. We didn't have email. I remember the Finnish people talking about something that we now know as email and we had really nothing of that so I remember that I was doing an internship in Japan in 91 so this is like a year after Steam was founded and I took the latest modern gadget from Japan which was an a telephone that you could have in a in a station, but you could also take it up and walk around the room with it, which was amazing. So, so we were before that, we were still on floppy disks. We were with phones stuck to the wall. We were sending faxes, and that's basically how we could uh, communicate. But that's only only. A small thing. I think what you mentioned, the division that was there in Europe was really very prominent when I was um, starting to study. And uh, the Berlin Wall and uh, the Iron Curtain and there was fear of a nuclear war. And in 1986, it started to uh, ease off with Gorbachev, Michael Gorbachev, uh, announcing perestroika and trying to change things. And I think there was a big relief for us that things were opening up. You see, I left high school at 85 and every year we had an, uh, what, what was called a catastroph catastrophe drill. So we learned what to do in case of a nuclear attack. We learned that at school. All right. The duck and cover. Right. Yeah, exactly. Go into the ditch, put your backpack above your head. It will protect you from all the gamma rays and stuff like that, you know. Um, so we went to study. Um, in between, I was at the army. I, I learned how to uh, um, actually build a defense wall against protective Soviet block, uh, you know, tank approaches that is so accurate. So, so again, so vivid and so, uh, you know, 
again, actual, you know, what is it, you know, in, in this time, again, these, these memories, it's unbelievable, yeah, but I remember how we actually built a certain, you know, setting that would help us to defend best the tank attacks from the Soviet bloc, but when I went to the university, it was a given that the, that the world was divided, and um, in, uh, when I, I ended 87, I, uh, in 88, I, I joined the local group of the VVE, so Verband Deutscher Wirtschaftsingenieure in Darmstadt. Um, and I can remember that we were sitting, you know, every semester we were sitting together in a pub and working on our semester program. And when it be, all we got it together with seminars and excursions whatsoever, someone, especially the, new, the newbies, said to go to the copy shop, spend hours there to print hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of, of yellow, we used yellow, uh, you know, leaflets, and then we had to fold them three times, which took another day or so, and then you would actually spread them around the campus, which was, I think, a good way to get uh, get into the, into the mood of being part of a student organization. In 89, um, I was uh, proposed to become the representative of Darmstadt of the National Board, student, uh, National Board of the VVE as a student representative, so VVE had at that time, two student representatives in Darmstadt uh, chose me to, to Canada, to, to, to be a candidate. And in order to be elected, I had to go to Berlin. And mm -hmm. the event in Berlin was scheduled for the 11th of November, 1989. So I arrived in Berlin, not on the 9th of November when the wall actually opened, but the day after. Wow, you saw history with your own eyes. I had a hammer in my hand that I threw against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. It was unbelievable times. And it will, it will fill another hour. Just talk about that uh, today. Absolutely, so, absolutely. So um, long story short, I got elected. And uh, um, in, my, um, in my responsibility as a student representative of the German Association, I took on the expansion of student activities to the new you know, to Eastern Germany, but also then to maybe to more of Europe, because at that time we talked already about, you know, making things about Europe. So we, we, we felt that the world is changing. Gorbachev has really, over the, over the years before, even so nobody expected in November of 1989 that this actually could happen. It took everyone by surprise, all the big leaders and all the people themselves, everyone. And by the way, also Angela Merkel, big time, you know, and she has been uh, the German leader and she talked about it quite a bit. So that's really interesting. So, but we all felt the world is changing and we all were thinking there must be something else. And then this opportunity opened up and we were standing in the starting blocks and we were ready to run. And we ran very fast after that. Uh, Malis, how, how was that for you? The Berlin uh, Wall fell and... Uh... Yeah, yeah. So I be, so so there were some friends from university who just jumped in the car and drove to Berlin to be there, you know? It was really something. It was really, really something. And um, so this was November and um, then uh, I was running up for the board of the student organization at uh, the university in Eindhoven, the industrial engineering uh, student organization, Industria. And uh, in, uh, in December, I was uh, elected to be on that new board. So in the same spirit of what Christoph also just described that, I mean, can you imagine that you are studying and that the most exciting place to study abroad is Belgium. I mean, I mean, wow. 
<laughs> and and we had a, a a student trip to go to Belgium as first year student. I think this is actually still going on. This first intro uh, exchange, and there was uh, a journey to go to uh, Dresden. Uh, the DDR at the time, and that was an exchange, and that was basically it. And yes, so we hardly had any any chance to get exposure. So when I was elected to be in the board, I said, okay, I'll take it, and I'll be commissioner of uh, the educational affairs on the condition that I can also do the internationalization of the student organization. And that's what we did. And basically, in, uh, so you, you should imagine that, that the whole of Europe was in a vibe that, yes, yeah, suddenly more things were possible. People were starting to want to move around and especially young people. So this is the time that AJ was founded. AJ, uh, the Erasmus program had just started. So there was a lot of things uh, developing no, no, at the same time. All of things come from the same time. It's the same time. So it was in the air, you could say, right? And um, one evening before I was officially joining the student uh, organization board and to prepare myself for the general meeting of the study association, I sat down in my student room. This was the 4th of January, 1990. So like two months after that event that Christoph just described, I was sitting down and I thought, what is my plan for the year? What do I want to do? What do I want to, what is my role? What do I see as what I want to achieve? And I wrote down, internationalization besides the other common tasks that you had. And I wrote down that what I wanted to do is to get contacts with students somewhere else in Europe so we could start organizing things, to start organizing exchanges, to start going to student festivals, to, to meet people, to exchange, maybe also about internships, to travel, to do maybe sports events or international management weekends or we had so many events that we had within the association yeah, the world we thought, yeah we thought if we could do those with students from other associations so we started okay. to look around and this is when we got a letter from germany mm, yeah i was i was just about to ask that so you had uh, malish from interacte and christoph from uh, darmstadt board you both had these ideas how is it that it came to be that you guys met and started working on, on this project together? Yeah, so it wasn't Interaxi. Interaxi was the International Activities Committee that I started after I first met with the uh, German students. Oh, okay. But the, the study association is actually Industria, and Industria is also what is the member of uh, Esteem. So Industria is one of the founding organizations. And basically, I had told my dream at the General Assembly of Industria, but also to the faculty board of the, the, our studies. And so one day, there was a letter on my desk, which was the 1st of March, 1990, that came from German students. And the faculty board had handed it over to me because he said, this is for you, this letter. And this came from Darmstadt, from the team that Christoph was working with, telling mm -hmm. their dream for European organization for students of industrial engineering. 
And you went. No, well, no, there was some steps in between. So I can tell my part. Christoph can tell his part. But basically, we we invited, um, I think it was Stefan or Ulrich to no, come Ulrich to... Ulrich the one who wrote the letter. Yeah, he wrote a letter. And but I think it was somebody else who came to Eindhoven. So in March, we had a visit from mm -hmm. one of the students from Darmstadt who came to visit us. And I invited all the student boards from uh, the Netherlands who were also into management studies to say, hey guys, there's a great opportunity here. Why don't you join us and think with us? So, and this is when we first uh, met with uh, German students. Mm -hmm. And I also remember that we were starting to put our data about our studies in a spreadsheet. I think it must have been Lotus Notes or something uh, to start basically building uh, uh, an overview of the different studies. Uh, and we spent a day there uh, in Eindhoven talking with uh, Ulrich or Stefan or Anyway, one of the students from Darmstadt, and uh, that was definitely uh, the first um, experience. But it was only only later that we met. And I think, Christoph, you went first to Sweden and did some other things before that actually happened. Yeah, I yeah. see after after the, the, the event in Berlin I mentioned before, um, we, we wanted to organize an international event, exactly the same thoughts that, that Marlies just described. So really, when you think about it, people not knowing about each other were having the same plans and the same ideas. Our uh, way to do that was actually sending two postcards to two faculties that we knew of. One was in Linköping, Elinian, and the other one was Prodeco in Helsinki. I think that, yeah. So we sent postcards. I don't know if guys know postcards, but you can Google them maybe. We still have that. It's uh, antique, but still used, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's something you do when you want to be, you know, kind of retro, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, amazingly enough, so we talked November, we were in Berlin. We have organized this seminar for end of January, if I remember right. And uh, we sent it out very quickly. And certainly there was no response. We were not really have an even idea if anybody actually received those. But one of a sudden... And we talked about technology gadgets before. The big advancement for me being a member of the Europe, of the German board was I was allowed to take an answering machine. So I had an answering machine. Ooh. Yeah, that was a real cool innovation. So I came home one day from university and I had a call on my answering machine from someone from Sweden saying, hey, I found this note on the blackboard. Is it actually true? Is there an event in Darmstadt? So I called the number back and there was a guy called Mika Gerlander on the line. And uh, I talked to Mika. I said, yes, sure, that's on. And he said, okay, we're coming. So really, uh, end of January, I picked those two guys okay. up. Was that from Sweden or from uh, Helsinki? From, uh, from Helsinki. Yeah, from Helsinki, yeah. Mika Gerlander was from, uh, from Helsinki, yeah. So we picked those two guys up um, and uh, they brought the people. They were actually the only international guests. We had people from Karlsruhe and Berlin and, and Hamburg and Graz, yeah. So we were hmm, not so international. So these two guys made a difference. And um, that they really were making a difference was becoming so evident when in the evening, uh, so after we went through all the typical seminar stuff that you organize, you know, you go to your stuff anyway. And then in the evening, they came to the party with their white overalls. I'm actually a bit curious because this is not that typical, these seminars. Are, what were the seminars about? Did you benchmark your curriculum or what did you do? 
I have no clue any longer. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good question. Um, maybe a different podcast to do about, but I don't know. I'm sure you have much better seminars today. We, we just organized an, an international seminar. That was the name of it. And we, we, we prepared some type of discussions. We had some professors talking about relationships and so on. But, you know, okay. these two guys made a difference. We, first of all, we had to speak English. And certainly they gave a different vibe to the whole room. But really the key difference was when they came to the evening event in their white overalls. Mm -hmm. And we were just thinking, what the guy, what are you guys, you know, wearing there? And then they were talking about their student life. No, they were no longer listening to the lectures. They were not telling what they were doing. And then we quickly realized that there is a connection of the of the Scandinavian IEM students, yeah, mm -hmm. from uh, from Trondheim over Linköping, Stockholm uh, to um, to Helsinki, to Laparanta, to Olu. Uh, there is um, even uh, what was it? Uh, Yeah, so, so, so they, were, and they were saying, hey, and we're meeting actually because there's an E-Linian anniversary, 20 years of E-Linian happening in April. I get an invitation. Why don't you come? Oh, wow. And we then said, okay, we, we know there are more. So then we said we'd put this working group together in Darmstadt to find out other IM uh, universities. And we found Eindhoven, sent letters to Eindhoven and others, and Eindhoven responded. So guys went to Eindhoven. I went in April of 1990 to Stockholm and then to um, to Shipping, And there I met all the Scandinavian IM students. And it was my first sauna party. Oh, how was that? <laughs> Again, that's a different podcast. <laughs> There's no picture with it. That's a good thing. <laughs> I tell you, it was just four days of party and three times ending up in the sauna. So the rest you can picture yourself. Yeah, yeah. Let's, we'll leave that to our listeners' imagination. Only in Helsinki and La Peranta. So only three of the seven or so universities present actually came to, to Graz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, yeah, only the three out of all that many. Yeah. yeah. So, because when we knew, so we had set our eyes on going to Graz in Austria to meet you guys there. And then uh, the invitation was that we could write down our thoughts on it. So again, I sat down and wrote down on a one page, what I thought this, 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 what we were trying to do or what was needed uh, was gonna be. So it was for me preparing the European students on the further going internationalization that everybody would be confronted with in the work environment and so that we would be ready for what was going to come but also to enjoy meeting other students and organizing things together and I had a list of things that we could do together so when we arrived in Graz it was amazing I remember sitting in a bar with people from all these different universities and I was like Wow, this is so cool, you know. <laughs> Who was present in Graz? Huh? Which universities? Yeah, there were actually quite a lot, uh, Christoph. Yeah, um, I still have the picture here somewhere. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, we were oh, wow. actually. We were actually, actually, we were like 40 or so students from. No, we were we were, we were not we were close to 40, 30 something, and. Yeah. Uh, um, I just, we were seven uni, seven or eight universities. Well, Which universities? I think even thirty. So, so actually, I have I, I I because I knew we were going to talk about it. I pulled it together. So we have, of course, Graz, Austria was there. There were two universities from Finland, Helsinki and La Paranta. 
Uh, Germany, highly represented by Darmstadt, Kaiserslautern, Karlsruhe, Hamburg, Siegen. I don't know. Was Siegen was in Graz? Yeah, uh, it's on the list. And then, uh, oh, then I'm we wrong had Dresden. Maybe it was seven foreign universities. Dresden was there. Poland, Warsaw was there. Chalmers from Sweden, Linköping, mm-hmm. and Eindhoven from the Netherlands. Chalmers in the grass meeting already. Yeah, Chalmers was already there, sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so we were, yeah, it was very, very much German speaking countries and uh, Nordics and. Uh, uh, we were there from uh, Eindhoven. We drove there by car, yeah. and uh, yeah. So beginnings of the esteem was Nordics, Germany, and Eindhoven. <laughs> you could say so, but it was really also all the a lot of German universities already involved, right? Um, and from the very beginning, now we get into the nitty gritty details of elections and stuff like that. Ooh. From the very beginning, everybody <laughs> was talking about the voting rule. Oh, the voting. What is the voting rule? Yeah, how to vote for stuff. You know, is it by just by by local groups or by country? And you know, if we accept more German uh, universities, local groups, are the Germans not at the end run the organization? That was. Mm-hmm. It was even so. Nobody had it on the on the agenda. It came up very quickly. It was uh, yeah, very exactly. quickly. It was a topic in the discussions. And and one other topic that is always there and has been there is the criteria for membership yeah. to be defined. <laughs> <laughs> in the minutes of that meeting, which I happen, I I love to uh, to uh, to sometimes uh, look back at this old stuff. Uh, it is actually the second after the mission. The second topic was the members of the association. What is defining a membership? So in Graz, really, I think we set what is the goal for the foundation? What is the goal for the association? And um, and also what we would like to do together. We talked what about was this goal. What was this goal? So in the, the way it's written in the in, in the minutes is the general aim is establishing and fostering international context. Context. International relation. Yeah, it says context here, but yeah. it was later made. It, later, of the, course, the, the, the statutes had uh, um, a relation, yeah, relationships. Uh, I need to tell our listeners because they don't see your cameras, but Malish is like browsing through her papers and her notes as we speak. Uh, this uh, is this is the the the, the write up after the the conference in uh, Austria, fourteen to sixteen June of nineteen ninety. Yeah. Uh, but fostering relations that has got some special story to it, right? The the phrase, doesn't it? What does it mean? Uh, I believe, Christoph, that you mentioned some, some, some time before that fostering relationships uh, has got some uh, history behind it. <laughs> yeah, we were, you know, when we were making after Graz. I mean, we're jumping a bit in, in the context, but in Graz, we create, you know, we we more or less agreed upon um, going ahead, trying to find more student universities and build it and 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 creating a base for a common activity and association. Uh, what type of association and what way or form and 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 was what you know legal pattern and so on was open. We created different groups. I was together then with Astrid Dings, uh, uh, so Mali's friend, um, uh, taking care of the statutes of of the of the legal uh, administration of that, and uh, we created um, 
um, with the help of uh, Professor Zimmermann from Aachen, who was really, really helpful because he had founded the European Law Student Association uh, before, or helped to, to found. Um, we were drafting um, um, a first statute review, and then we went actually to Berlin in uh, November 1990 uh, after, to present our work of the last five months, so to speak. And uh, the interesting situation was that we were all non uh, non native speakers of uh, you know non native english speakers but in uh, berlin for the first time the people from galway the irish people joined oh yes and they threw in a lot of you know expressions where we were saying like hmm, that, that that probably is legally correct but we don't understand it so we really had a lot of discussions about you know rephrasing a sentence with two or three words, which we were like saying like, mm, you know, we knew exactly what the sentence meant before, but now we are not sure. And one of these words was fostering interrelationships. Like, wow, what the heck it means fostering? But we all learned and we all at the end uh, uh, came to these great expressions, which I think is forming the spirit of, uh, of his team. Yeah, and interesting, it was already in Graz, apparently, fostering. I thought yeah. it was only in Berlin, but it was, was there. Anyway, what it meant, we wanted to nurture, we want to grow international relations and that people would meet and people would really become more um, European, right? So to really connect with people from other places. And one of the decisions that was made in Graz as well, and, and maybe already in the build-up towards that meeting in Graz in Austria, was to decide that we would focus on industrial engineering and management students. We could have done differently, right? We could have done any kind of studies, which is also something to say for, but we thought it was good to just have industrial engineering and management so you could not only meet on meeting on the different international backgrounds, but still have a common topic, still meet each other also on a common interest in your studies. And then as it turned out as an alumni organization also in work, right? And that was a big difference compared to, for example, AJ, which was a European organization, and which it still is, of students from different studies. Ooh. And that is also interesting, obviously, but we made another choice. And the other big choice that was made, and which was really one that I found really important, is I wanted that it would be something that was not built around a group of people, so that it would be something that could actually be very stable. And uh, we thought of using the institutions that are already there. So VAUEI was already established as uh, a, a study association. Eindhoven has Industria uh, in Helsinki at Prodeca. Yeah, different. You, Prodeco, you had different already existing organizations, and we decided that it's not students who become a member, but it is local groups, this term was invented, making the statutes, to become a member, because then we would have a much more solid mm -hmm. solid structure, basically, that would last beyond, beyond the people who were active in the beginning, because there were always going to be new students in those structures, and yeah, I think this definitely has helped, I think, to keep going and going. And some universities didn't have 
such a study association and they created one. So they could learn from Eindhoven, from Helsinki, from uh, Darmstadt, from other places where there was already a study association or what we call a local group uh, now within a team uh, and to establish something like that. And that was a very conscious choice that was made in Austria. And for me, when we decided that in Austria, I felt that this was the right thing also for Industria. Uh, this was what I wanted to have, so that we would have associations collaborating and not linking it to a handful of uh, people. Um, yeah, but in uh, the we, end, are, we are jumping a little bit through yeah. topic. We have uh, we have times on grass. Then we've been already in Berlin, and now we're oh, we haven't been in Berlin yet. <laughs> oh, we, were, we were there for a brief moment, I believe. Yeah. We that's true. That's true. With the fostering story. Yeah. <laughs> but but just going back to grass. So, what was the reason that you met in grass, and what was what did you want to have as an outcome from the meeting in grass? What was the purpose of grass in a simple sentences? Well, the purpose of grass was first of all to give everybody a new another event, another fixed point in a calendar where we could we could see, okay, how far did we come in connecting each other? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in when you when you when you understood again what we said before, so there was everybody was kind of ready to meet up. There were already connections happening. So we just need to make sure that we all somehow come together. So Graz was this first connecting point of getting everybody there. And so people came in with all, all type of different expectations and, and curiosity together. And uh, this, when you then think about the 30 plus people meeting there in Graz for the first time, from all these different backgrounds and, uh, and associations and, and also expectations, there you could actually then see for the first time what I would call the ignition of the S-team spirit. Yeah. You immediately could see that the people who meet there were all there to be, because they were super curious about each other. Everybody connected easily with each other. Everybody wanted to know what you're doing, where you're from, how is life, what you love, what you don't. And at the same time, don't we want to do something together? So the curiosity and the willingness to achieve something, you know, do something and not just talk was so present in every discussion. So that's why, I mean, from the very beginning, it was really play hard, work hard. Actually, work uh, yeah, hard, absolutely. play hard. Yeah, that's we, what we had night. great nights, long nights, but we always met in the morning at eight, nine o'clock back exactly. at the university. We're talking about our future and we left grass with a clear game plan. Absolutely, absolutely. What, what, what was this plan? What was the game plan? The game plan was to meet again in Berlin in November because that was the next uh, fixed point that we could all agree upon and um, that we would look for more student universities because now we knew what, what we were kind of, you know, what we are and, and how we would actually find more. So we created a search group and we created this group that would work on the basic of an association or the birth basic of a, of a network. What, it wasn't entirely clear uh, in what direction it would go. So um, there was one group working, let's say, on the statute or what later became the statute. Mm -hmm. And there was another group that was working on finding more people. And uh, both, I would, there were maybe some other uh, groups, but I'm, I'm, I'm not recording every detail now. But these were the two main activities that took off from grads. And we were supposed all to come back uh, in uh, uh, in Berlin in November 1990 
with as many people as possible to then decide together how we would move forward as one organization. So the status group, uh, was that you, Christoph, and Malish, and Astrid, or who, who was the base of that group? So from, uh, from Eindhoven, there were several people joining um, uh, in Graz, and Astrid joined the, the statute group together with me and Ton Koy. Ton yeah. was also from, oh, uh, from okay. Eindhoven. And uh, uh, we met uh, several times between June and November to um, uh, discuss how we could um, you know, build an organization. And uh, as I mentioned this once before, we had really great support uh, from a professor that has already experience with the European uh, organization. And so we got some good guidance and at the end, you know, created the, 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 the first draft of the statute that was then um, amended and finally approved in Berlin. Yeah, you should also imagine that the, so this group was uh, a meeting and they were in the background, there were a lot of people also contributing to it. So there were a lot of drafts being sent. So I was at that time in the board of Industria, the study association and responsible for what was going on, whether Industria was going to sign up for this. And, uh, and we had many talks also in our board. We looked at the statues, we gave feedback. There were other people also at other places looking at it. So it was really also a very joint effort, I think, uh, involving as much the expertise that was already around there. And, um, and I think uh, I think the search group also did a great job. I think in general, I think it's amazing how quickly it kind of attracted other people uh, to join and other student groups to join. Well, and then one important was, uh, thing was also to happen, uh, the, 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 the thing also needed a name. So we had to come up with a name. So we had brainstorms in different... Oh, uh, you're, you're talking about the name of the network, right? Absolutely. You can think we, can, esteem... we, can we pause that uh, thought for a second? Because I think that that will be a, a good topic to mention. Uh, can I just ask about uh, this phenomenon that you were able to attract so many universities? Do you think that this was uh, only because this group was so good or was were the other universities just really looking for this opportunity and when the opportunity presented they were immediately uh, fell immediately in love with the idea it's probably a combination because i think what what uh, the search people really did well is to really reach out i mean i would have never known about students in darmstadt having these ideas if they hadn't sent this letter just out of the blue it arrived you know and so i think that was an amazing job and yes it was also the time was right so there was something in the air that people were ready for these kind of uh, initiatives I mean, for me, it didn't feel like we were, you know, just uh, uh, collecting uh, one university group after another. At the end, you have to see, after one year, we had 14 universities in, in, in Berlin, 14 universities signed the statutes. So um, I was, I'm just thinking the whole time about your, the, doc, the documents that you're referring to, Marlies. I'm not really sure if they're from Graz or if they're not from Berlin, because uh, it, we were not 14 universities in, 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 uh, in Graz. No, sure. it says Graz, but maybe also this is not from Graz, like the Linköping summary is not from Linköping. Uh, I don't know, but our, it, just, it just tells you that 30 years of history give it a little broad <laughs> expression. But you know, I, we, we, we had a certain number of, of universities in Graz, and then we had a bit more, but different, 
but different also, yeah. not the same. Different yeah. people than six months later in Berlin. So you had always this dynamic of new inspirations and new people connecting to. So, I mean, it's pretty much what you experience still today in Esteem. Every time you go to an Esteem event, there are new people around. So the, the whole thing was very much in, in, in flow. And uh, that what, what I mean, in, in Berlin, we were also, um, if I remember the, the picture that was taken there on the stairs, it was also not more than, than, than 40 people. Yeah? No, exactly. And, and it's also interesting to realize that maybe that's still always with this team as well. So some people came really with a purpose, with a mission, you know, they wanted to achieve something. And other people just came just to have a look what was going on, you know, just to see what, what people were up to. So it's very different people, but everybody contributed by being present and sharing their ideas and contributing to the spirit, the energy that was I mean, amazing, I think. How many did you actually reach out to? How many universities did you try to contact? Is that a number that you guys know? I don't know exactly how many that were. I, I, I know that we had about seven universities in Germany at that time. And uh, I think we quickly had uh, at least mentioned in Eindhoven. And we had the three universities in Sweden, three in Finland, and one or two in uh, in. Uh, in, in Norway, Belgium. Where was the University from Belgium uh, joining at one point? So and then Galway came around. So I don't know. It, it was it 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 was really an uh, an activity that you know step by step it was like finding nuggets. Yeah. Ah, there's another IM University. Yeah. So and everybody got excited. Let's get in contact with them and let's make sure they join and so on. Yeah. All right. Uh, I interrupted your story, Malish, of the of this of the name of the founding of the name. How was it? Yeah, I, I think the way it went, if I will call it, is that um, uh, at different places people brainstormed about uh, options for the name, and then I think the team that was making the statutes pulled together the different options that came to the table. And so maybe gave it another swing huh? to give it another swing. Uh, and then we had four options in the end on the table and they were written down on a piece of paper, faxed huh? mm -hmm. to all the different uh, candidate uh, participants in, a, in what is now esteem. And we asked people to vote. So I remember having this, these four options. We did our brainstorm bit and our, uh, uh, I had founded this interaction uh, by then. And uh, we did our brainstorm there and we also made our choice and we sent it back. And what came out was esteem. But there was a lot of playing around with the words. What were the other uh, options? Do you remember? Ali, let, me, let, let me jump in here because... Um, we did this uh, brainstorming in a group in a meeting room in Aachen. We were four people and we said, let's, we need to make a, a proposal for a name when we go to Berlin. So we started to uh, you know, do a typical brainstorming session by everybody writing things on a piece of paper and passing the paper around. And at the end, we ended up with different alternatives, which actually one was esteem with a typical word with two E's. Yeah? And one was IEM students, uh, something I don't recall exactly. And uh, um, we at the end then selected um, two of these examples 
that we then mm. passed around to the to the to the student organization. But what was the meaning with that theme? As Mali uh, mentioned in uh, Christoph, sorry, the the word esteem. What was what was so special about that? Because uh, it's a feeling of yeah, self-esteem. No, you, you know, we, we, when when you when we went around on the table with the different uh, activities, you know, the the question was, do we use the word association? Do we use the word industrial engineering and management? It was clear. Europe needs to be in there somewhere because that's what we are. And, and then students, do we need to talk about students? There was uh, an ex example was IMAM. So Association of Engineering and Management, yeah? Uh, oh. So, but the, the word in German is just horrible. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, so, so I remember that because maybe it was, or because it was so much rejected uh, from the very beginning, but anyway, there were a lot of different names. But I can recall very well that we had at the end these different papers there, and none of the names really appealed. None. Mm -hmm. There was, and, and I remember that, that there was one uh, statement saying, "Just let's take esteem." You know, es that sounds great. Esteem is such a powerful word, and we mm -hmm. can make it fit somehow. And and esteem is close to IEM at the end. We can just engineering and management. Forget about the industrial engineering and so on. And then it was actually Astrid, who is unfortunately not joining it today, mm -hmm. that said. Why don't we just combine this one and this one, and we, we just say it as team. So it sounds like as team, but it's not as team. The official word is team. We said, oh, why not? That actually sounds cool. And that was one of two proposals that went to Berlin, and everybody immediately voted for as team. That's how the name was That's born. That's how the name came to pass. All right. But, uh, but then the name done, uh, propositions of statues were uh, written. Uh, new local groups were searched and invited. Was that all that happened between Graz and Berlin, or was there something else that happened? Well, we were certainly also thinking about uh, what would happen um, after Berlin. And uh, Eindhoven was uh, getting, was saying, okay, we organized the first meeting of the association, and in, in, mm -hmm. uh, um, in, in, it was in June or, or April. I thought it was the beginning of 1991, yeah, and that was actually then the first council meeting. That took place. So we knew that as well, and certainly we uh, we extended the invitation, or Astrid as the uh, organizer of that uh, extended the invitation then in Berlin. So that was also certainly a big part of making sure there's continuity, which we that's, all that's, do today. Exactly. That's really a key part, having always you know some continuity. The next uh, the next uh, the next event. Uh, there's up. another thing that really happened, and when we met in Graz, so we didn't wait until the association was actually founded we actually already with the context with the people that we met we already arranged that we would start organizing things bilateral so, activities yes yes we immediately started organizing so i started to organize an exchange with the students from Karlsruhe. Mm -hmm. so before i think even before esteem was founded we already had an exchange with the students from Karlsruhe, and also an exchange with the students from Darmstadt Darmstadt came to Eindhoven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we immediately started. We didn't yeah. wait for it. We started to do what the whole thing was to be about, to yeah. organize things to, together. And I think this was extremely important to start, to just start walking without already knowing exactly what it would look like. You just start, you know. But then, then what we, I really meant, the very what, what I went before, which I really think is the key recipe of the success of a team curiosity of getting to know each other, but this strong determination to achieve things, do something, not just consume, but actually do. 
And so nobody was waiting for a plan. Nobody was waiting for, oh, this is the way we would go. Everybody was just saying, well, great, here's an opportunity. I grab it and do something. Yeah. And that's why we had already activities started before we even had a team. Yeah, and also just not wait until the whole thing was laid out, you know. You just start walking, you just start doing like what you guys started to do in Darmstadt. Just start sending postcards, just start meeting people. And we also just start reacting to things that was coming up, dreaming our dreams and sharing what we wanted to do and just start. And that's, I think, anyway... It's always the way, because if we would have thought of organizing something or setting up an association that would be there still in 30 years with 80 universities mm. or something along the way, we would probably have been paralyzed. You know? <laughs> we wouldn't <laughs> have known what to do. We wouldn't yeah. have known what to do. And we didn't think of that. We no. just thought, what is it we want? What is it we need to do what we want to do? And we yep. just did it. What was the planning? You you say that you did not really plan ahead 30 years in the future. No, there was no plan. The Eric, plan that, was then just the next year or whatever. The interesting thing is, you know, after you know graduating, um, you know, you, I was fortunate enough to be always invited to the next board uh, advisory board meeting, you know, with the new board. And nearly every board of his team asked the same question: What was your vision back in 1994, Steve? What was your plan? What do we need to do in order to fulfill the plan? And there was never a plan. Yeah. The, the, real, the real ambition in the beginning was to create a network. And that network we created. And we were so excited by having that network. And we didn't, I mean, certainly we had ideas what we would do with the network, but that it would go up to, you know, a, a big network with, with, with times finals, with, with, with vision concepts, with, uh, um, you know, all these, with, with the Lean Six Sigma training, what we have to, nobody was thinking about those things. There was no, no yeah. you know, kind of like strategy laid out with certain ambitions to be achieved. We were just, but, yeah. you know, act, active in the moment and did what we felt we could do within our time frame of uh, being active in this team. And yet there were groups of students, so like we had in the Distria, we had a, a group of students who then saw the opportunity. So we did just after we came home from Graz, I made a list with the people in the team, what we wanted to do. So we said, let's do this exchange, let's do this uh, study tour, let's organize an international weekend of management skills, let's do this. So we made a little plan, but we said, actually, we said, this is a long-term plan for one year. <laughs> That's a long-term <laughs> plan. Nobody thought beyond a year, but how can you do? How can you? It's not needed, right? Because you don't know what the future will be. And you can only do what is next, what is just there in front of you. And I think sometimes we, we put too many high expectations on ourselves that we should have a strategy. And you don't need to. You just do what you do right now. And maybe a year ahead is already a long time when you are a student. I think the really great thing about this team is that you are not responsible for a heritage. You're mm. only responsible for the future. Yeah? Mm. And, and I'm, I'm sometimes amazed how people um, in, in today's team uh, refer to, you know, we do this since so many times, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a must thing to do. There's no must thing to do. It's your time and you need to, to get the most out of it. You need to experiment. You need to uh, find out what's good for you, what makes you personally strong and what makes this team better. And, mm. uh, you know, always, 
it seems that the legacy, the 30 years of his team seem to be a bit of a burden for the people who get active these days. And it shouldn't. It no. shouldn't. It should just tell you one thing. Whatever you do, S-team survives. You can just play and, 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 and experience and, 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 and try to get the best out of it. S-team will stay there. It's the playground where you get stronger. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that really in my... Uh, uh, I have well. I was active 30 years after you guys, and this is also where I felt uh, esteem was as strongest when there were just not really active centrally esteemers, just just students that have heard about the concept of a of an exchange, going somewhere, not knowing where they're going, not knowing who who they're gonna meet, and just having the times of their lives. Uh, th there's not much planning. It's just meeting other students. It's just growing and developing yourself. Exactly, exactly. And you don't need to put more, more expectations, objective. Actually, they would, they would just burden you from just enjoying it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, and sometimes you, you get also trapped with uh, loyalty. So I'm going to tell the story why I didn't go to Berlin, which was kind mm. of crazy. I was still in the board and I had been very part of uh, designing Esteem. And two days before Berlin, I cancelled. And why did I cancel? Because I was trapped in the loyalty, caught in the loyalty between my family that asked me not to go because they wanted me there for a family uh, event that was going to be the week after my parents' 25th wedding anniversary. And my eldest sisters, they were, no, you have to be there because otherwise you don't love our parents. And I wanted to go to Berlin. And sometimes you're actually trapped between those loyalties. And I want to say to everybody that do what is important to you. Nobody can understand what esteem means for you. And you can only be yourself making your choices of what is important to you. You don't need to do what's important for somebody else. And of course, you always count on and you take care of other people, but do what's important for you and enjoy the possibility of esteem because it's just so much you can do and it's just great. And I hope you take it. I think those are really, really powerful world words. Thank you so much for saying that. I think that a lot of people need to hear it uh, and a lot of people will will feel really good hearing those. So thank you. Welcome. All right, guys. Uh, we still... Just one thing I want to say, Eric. There's Absolutely. a good reason why Christoph and I are still involved in esteem. So actually I was away for 15 years. I never was involved in any esteem event, but I always had the mailings of esteem coming in. I never stopped that. So it was always on the back burner. And I'm really, really grateful to be back in the network because I'm really fascinated to see how things are developing and meeting people from all the different generations and still we still have this together to uh, invent and develop new things uh, that we enjoy and that the world needs as well. And just how do you feel that esteem has developed? Uh, is it now look, looking forward 30 years? Do you, do you think that we did uh, did good? Do you think that it's uh, it is what you what you kind of wanted it to be or, or? More, more. How could we ever have imagined that this is 
was what we were starting. Nobody had imagined it. We just wanted to meet some other students to exchange, have a trip to Karlsruhe, to Darmstadt, maybe to Linköping, and maybe have some international festivals or events. Or Nobody had expected this enormous power of all the students collaborating and so many friendships built across Europe over all those years, even marriages. I mean, people will find the, their life partner. The power of the network, I think, is something that is very easy to understand that, that it, with its growing, it continues to grow. But what, what we also realized is that with as team maturing and people staying connected, you know, we built much more than just a network. We built actually the next level of impact. We built with STM alumni a network where people in the professional environment connect now over a thousand people are in regular exchange. If you just follow, I think the, 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 the biggest WhatsApp group I have on my phone is the STM <laughs> alumni Every day, at least 30 chats or something. I mean, it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's all quality, but hey, point <laughs> But, you know, after the alumni meeting came then the idea of, uh, you know, actually, we are now earning money. Why not bring in the money back? So we created actually the Club of 100 and the Club of 100 moved into the foundation. The foundation is now taking actually the support for Estima even further to support for the society. And, and so the opportunities of what we can do with this network are ever increasing. We have not yet reached the full potential. There's Absolutely. Come. And everybody who joins the network which an idea has an ever greater playing ground to do something. I often think we've just started, you know? You know? We just started. There's yeah, much more we can do. Also with all the different experience of people working in different companies, in different fields, and we can really, really have much you know, a more. Little, you know? A little story uh, that, that I found really interesting, and it's, I think for me it's a typical esteem story, is, you know, in I Am Caring Foundation, where Marlis and I were active, uh, we, we were thinking, okay, who's taking care of what? And, you know, everybody had his, his favorite topic. And, and I said, okay, I like to do be more in the political Europe part. And then in, um, in, the, in the winter of 2016, Marlis forwarded me an email from an estima who was, you know, getting worried about, you know, you know Brexit being already voted on mm -hmm. and you know, Trump being elected and should we do something? And she said, hey, isn't that what you were talking about? So I said, yeah, that's actually good. So I contacted that guy, it was Xavier from, uh, uh, from Portugal. Yeah? I have never spoke to him before. Um, uh, and uh, within two, three weeks, we organized weekly calls, actually bi-weekly calls of about 10 to 15 people, former board members of Esteem. And we were talking and exchanging ideas, what we can do to actually make sure that the next votes in, in, in the Netherlands uh, with a right-wing threat in, in um Five years ago, by the way, you know, in France with the right wing threat, that they, what we could do, but we didn't want to sit silent. We, we wanted to be active again. We wanted at least do a little bit to avoid that the, that this, you know, a separatist movement, this nationalism is getting more place. And in that event, um, I met people who today I'd call my closest friends. Mm -hmm. uh, esteemers like Sebastian Katzung and we together then embarked on a new journey and we created uh, a talk show on Europe where we were, went around uh, Europe together with uh, the I Am Caring Convention and it made a lot of different uh, activities that again helped us to promote the idea of Europe so you well, have no kind idea of what you can do until you actually are willing to open the door and meet other people and see what they can help you with your ideas. Christoph, what kind of talk show was that? Is it possible to find it somewhere for those that are interested? 
Yeah, that's a European talk show, and you can find them actually on Dialogue Monkeys. And by the way, that name came from Mali's, if I remember right. Dialogue Monkeys. <laughs> um, so um, it's, uh, um, uh, it's 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 a it's a website where we have recorded. Um, where, we, where we store all type, and actually on YouTube you find some as well, all type of uh, uh, um, yeah, talk shows where uh, we went around um, different events and interviewed people about different, different situations. Like in Barcelona, we talked about is, is a Catalonia separatist movement a European topic or is it not? How did the Portuguese people in Lisbon feel about the austerity policies from the European side? Mm -hmm. We went to Kiev and ask, uh, how did you do after the Maidan revolution? We went to Skopje and asked, why do you want to join the European Union? And by the way, why should the European Union want that you join? So, you know, we went around and asked all these questions and uh, we had very interesting discussions. And uh, as, at least for the people who joined, I feel it was a really valuable event. Look, uh, look up those, uh, those videos on dialoguemonkeys.org. We will, dialoguemonkeys.org. Uh, I'm sure that we will. Uh, all right, Christoph and Malish, we have derailed very much from the topic, but we still are going to uh, tell the story of how Esteem was founded. And uh, today's episode, we can end perhaps on the meeting in Berlin. All right. So, uh, um, so you guys between between Graz and Berlin, you uh, you came up with the name, you uh, came up with the statues, you found more local groups. Uh, how was the meeting in Berlin? Who, who was invited and how many people came? Uh, let's start from there and then we can talk about what you did. I think uh, Marlies already told her Berlin story. Yes, um, yes. And for, yes, Marlies. I, I will be quiet. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let me explain you my Berlin story and let me see if, if, if it is uh, as factual, if it is more personal, I don't know. Um, so we went to Berlin, which was for me a close of a loop, right? Because a year ago, also in November in Berlin, we embarked on this, this, this discussion, let's do this European seminar, let's meet in Graz, and then we meet again in Berlin. I mean, amazing, an amazing year. And uh, I, I also felt like, wow, this was just was unbelievable. I remember how excited and, and, and how full of energy we were in that room and, you know, presenting the statutes and having these discussions. Yeah, the Galway people came in and, and, and helped us and they brought in uh, the, the, the Sunshine Mountain song. Uh, uh, that's, that was only oh, in Eindhoven. Yeah, it was in Eindhoven, you're right. Oh, 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 oh. They will come later. <laughs> yeah, you can start that story. That's, story. Hey, I don't want to that's definitely the source. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, it, was, it, was, it was just another, you know, uh, just super exciting event. And, we, we, we voted on the name, which, as, as I said before, went very quickly because everybody immediately loved Esteem, as we, as we know it today. And uh, certainly then the question was, okay, who's going to lead? Who is the board? And mm. the interesting thing is that I've never actually uh, seen myself uh, in, the, in, in, in a leading position because Mika Gerlander, the guy who came to Darmstadt first, was in most of the meetings... I would say the figurehead. He was the one who was presiding. He was the one who uh, would at the end summarize the discussions and, and, and assign the tasks and so on, yeah? So it was very natural uh, for me that he would actually uh, uh, take mm. the lead. And uh, he then said, no, I won't. I, I actually have other things to do and that's nothing for me. Mm. And uh, he proposed me to, to take that on and was to my great surprise, um, I can only say it like that, I was elected as first president of his team. And uh, that uh, 
was at that time for me a really big burden. Mm. Because I, I was not ready for that responsibility. I was putting all my efforts and all my engagement and, and, and energy in the foundation without any question. And I probably mm. was also one of the guys who, 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 who did a lot to, to, to get it done. But actually being then, you know, in that leading role, I wasn't prepared for. Mm. And uh, the next year, you know, was, was a really difficult one. But when I look back, how grateful I am for having had that chance. Mm. What it gave to me in terms of experience, what it gave to me in terms of, you know, the, 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 the position today, you know, you know, having been really there at the root, at the founding of that organization is just something that you, you know, that's one of the biggest achievements of your life. Oh, wow. Yeah. But coming back to that fateful moment of you getting elected, uh, can we stay in that room? Can you describe some more? Uh, how many people were present and uh, from which which universities? So again, we had the 14 universities there that uh, were all assigning the statutes, the initial mm -hmm. statutes. You could still find them somewhere in the STM archives. If you guys still have physical archives, yeah. I hope they, you do. They, they still exist. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I, I know I have somewhere a copy of, of the document. So 14 universities signed. Uh, I was not the representative of Darmstadt. I think that was Martin Schimke, for example. So he signed and all the others, and every 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 local group had a voting right. Uh, so they were upfront, certainly informed, and that's how we would make the decisions. And uh, yeah, we um, we passed the statute, we passed the name, and then we elected the board. And as I said just before, to my great surprise, I was elected as well, together with Elena from uh, from Helsinki, a secretary, with um, Stefan Schneider from Darmstadt was one of the guys who, who made all the search activities for further universities as, uh, um, yeah, as you can say finance. And then as head of admin, that was actually uh, the role that uh, uh, Astrid took, but she did a lot of other things than administration. She actually did what we, we would probably talk today is an operational yeah, so, job. Yeah, so this, this part I can contribute that we actually uh, set up the PR, so the public relations office. Public relations, exactly. So yeah. we actually, industry already had a magazine. Uh, so we said, let's have a magazine. So something that you can touch, right? So in the yeah. first year, we created a magazine. And I was, I was in the recruiting uh, team for the university so to help students find jobs. So I was meeting all the recruiters from Philips, Procter Gamble, Shell, and everyone I met, I talked about esteem. And I wrote a letter after, you know, remember I talked about esteem? Do you want to be a sponsor of esteem? And mm -hmm. this is how we got our first sponsors <laughs> through this recruiting event at the university. Who, who were it was the a first great way. Uh, Procter Gamble was a big one, and uh, Philips was definitely in the first magazine as well but I think there were also some maybe Siemens or maybe there must have been some others as well we had quite quickly quite a few because also the big companies they were in the same sphere right the same hype about getting more international people in the company so we were just riding the wave there too and so we created a magazine, we created flyers that we could uh, share at universities and with companies. We created, uh, uh, no, not a website because that was not needed yet. That was, yeah, that was the time. 
<laughs> no, sure. There was a lot of fun too. Uh, but what and, what an amazing time to. Uh, yeah, there was one thing I need to tell you about that mm-hmm. that one thing that struck us coming from Eindhoven, and uh, we had put on sweaters so that people could really recognize us. But we thought that everybody was so serious in Cairns. So when when we started to have the council meeting in Eindhoven, we thought we need a bit more. We need more excitement too. So this was when we were really searching for an esteemed song. And this is very so gratefully accepted the Galway uh, <laughs> option. And also the first songbook was created. So we yeah. could have songs being sung by the students together. So a lot of things that were actually created to this was part of really creating the bond, I think, within esteem to create these little things that 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 make people recognize it and but, like but this was all in berlin or no, uh, no, no this was, was uh, after this was eindhoven yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right guys because we are i see i see that you really feel <laughs> you want to go through the whole story uh, but we agreed that uh, for the purpose of this episode we will have to okay. constrain us to berlin right so there are actually two two big memories i have from the events outside of the meeting room. Uh, in the meeting room, I think uh, it was a typical thing and we, I think we did covered it sufficiently. But in the evening, we went um, to, um, uh, certainly out into the bars and so on. And uh, you probably are all in the meantime familiar with the Finnish custom of uh, singing the national anthem at, at midnight by oh, stepping God. on the chairs. Yeah? yeah. So we were sitting in this German bar in Berlin uh, with 20, 30 students. And then one of a sudden, the Finnish students were starting to stand on their chairs and singing a song. And the German, the German students from the Berlin University, they got so anxious about it because they felt, wow, this, this, this is probably completely misunderstood. They may be singing that we would be a right-wing type of student organization or whatsoever, you know, because all these bad memories and you could really see the culture clash how the people say, you need to come down the stairs, you know, you cannot stand on stairs on chairs in the, in the bar and so on. So there was really this, no, 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 we go on singing. <laughs> we are no, we are finished students. We sing by standing on our chairs. It was, it wasn't, it really was a super exciting moment of this culture clash. It's all the concerned German students about public singing and the yeah. Finnish students so proudly intoning the anthem at midnight. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment. <laughs> so the first big cultural clash in esteem. Yeah, we learned since then. <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel that we are we are ripe to finish the, the, this episode. Um, before we do, maybe we can get two things straight. Um, so, uh, some people say that the first council meeting was in Berlin, uh, but what was what is the real uh, story? What is the re- why do some people have this misconception? Marlies, do you have an uh, do you have some answer for that? I think you could even say the first council meeting is in Graz, in that sense. For me, Graz, Berlin were really about the start of the association. But in Eindhoven was the first time the concept of the council meeting with the different representative, with the, the way it was set up, was really established. But, you know, it's fine. You just start counting somewhere. Yeah. For me, Graz is the moment where we have first time felt the esteem spirit. That's where the esteem spirit was ignited. In Berlin, we founded as a team. Mm. And as an association, as being an association, we for the first time came together, knowing that we're going to meet as an esteemer 
that was Eindhoven. That's why it's the first country meeting. That is a that is a good way to to look at it. I think it will it will clarify many things. Uh, and then the second point, maybe even more important point, uh, where was the esteem song introduced? Was it Berlin or was it Eindhoven? That's for sure Eindhoven. I remember we were in the center of Eindhoven, sitting on a terrace, and then suddenly the Galway students decided to stand on the chair and start singing a children's song. Mm -hmm. They start singing this children's song. Everywhere just all looking at them. What, the, what <laughs> are they doing, you know? And then we thought, hey, this is really cool. So the next time we were all back in the room at the university, we said, let's sing the song that we asked the Galway students to the Galway students to basically teach us the song. So we all stood on the chair in the university and we sang this song. And because, as I said, we were longing for some traditions that we could start building. We said, let's, this is the esteem song. So in the first song book that was created, mm -hmm. uh, this was introduced as the esteem song. And one thing that really surprised me when I got back into esteem at, uh, after 15 years, uh, that was at the council meeting in Finland in 2010. Um, yeah. And I couldn't believe it that they were still singing this song. <laughs> it's so amazing. But it's, yeah, that's how it started. Eindhoven. Every streamer knows it now, yeah. I tell you, one of the, the, the things that moved me the most, I tell you that, was when in 2013, we had the first foundation, I am carrying foundation meeting in my basement. And there was in your basement. Yeah, it was in my basement in Frankfurt. We had yeah, in my house, and then we were meeting in my basement, and we were 25 people or so. And then we were singing the Estin song, the Sunshine Mountain song mm. in my home. That was that was very emotional for me. I felt so proud. And it all started by by Galloway students just standing yeah. up yep. and singing. Yeah, wow. So the Galway students, they came and to be able to pay for that journey, they got some European foundation, or the, some European funding from the United from the European Union. And to be able to uh, achieve, uh, to get those funds, they had to record or make like a summary of their events. So they recorded. Oh. They recorded yeah. their visit to the council meeting in Eindhoven. And because it was the first time we wanted to attract people to come as esteemers to the council meeting, we organized an international management weekend uh, before, so where you would learn skills of negotiation and leading meetings and presenting. And then we had the European week at the university. So it was really worthwhile for people to come. And so the Galway students came and they did a lot of recordings of everything. So it's actually really funny to see that video of that first council meeting in Eindhoven. Truly I have the original VHS cassette here at home. It's one of my really? treasures. <laughs> since, since about 15 years, there is a, a digital version available. Yeah. And you YouTube, YouTube uh, you can find it. Yeah. Uh, just search 92, 92 19, or 92. It was in 91. 91. Yeah. Second, uh, but, but there it's also written second council meeting. So, so that is a mistake on the YouTube video. It uh, is? But all right. 
you are really jumping into the, the first real council meeting. Uh, I believe that this will be the topic. I cannot promise, but I think that you guys want to share more. And I think that we will have more episodes uh, revolving the first years of esteem. Uh, but for today, we will be having to leave you guys. You need to eat food. You need to go to sleep. You are you are starting to be uh, oldies. You need to take care of yourself. And right? you need to go to Thanks sleep. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for inviting us. And it's. Uh, I hope people enjoy hearing some stories. But I hope more than even that, I hope you enjoy every day that you are in this team. I personally, I absolutely do, and I can't say for all our listeners, but but that's that's quite common for esteemers, right? Really, really enjoying every day. Thank you, Miles, for being here, and thank you, Christoph, for for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure as well. Enjoy. Now that our dear guests have disconnected, it is time for me to direct some words to you. Our dear listener, uh, whether or you have been with us since the first episode and have listened to all the episodes, or you have just joined for this episode, or perhaps you have just finished listening to the 10th season of the Steam Podcast and are re-watching the whole uh, podcast series from the beginning. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. I'm saying this on the behalf of the whole podcast team. We have had a lot of fun making these episodes, researching topics, uh, editing and uh, hosting. And we did all of that for you. So we really, really hope that you got out as much or more uh, out of these this series as much as we got. But fear not. Uh, this is not the this is the end of the official part of the season but we will have we will be releasing one more episode uh, that will be more of the team talking with each other we will be sharing some stories we'll be talking about the behind the scenes of uh, of the editing and the recording and how we made it we will be sharing a lot of fun stories basically so stay tuned uh, keep following us on the social medias to know when we will be releasing that episode But that would be all from my side. So one last time, thank you so much for having gone through all of these stories with us. So I guess there is only one more thing left for me to say. Uh, my name is Erik Viktor Pemejaszynski. You have been listening to the first season of the Esteem podcast. See you somewhere in Europe, guys. Bye. Bye.